0: Generation Topic, a podcast by the Osteology Foundation.
1: Today I have the pleasure of meeting Professor Krista Darlin from Sweden and uh, to have the possibility and the chance to ask him a few questions about his key publication on GBR, which was published in the year 98. And I give you a very warm welcome. I'm very honoured to have the possibility to spend this time with you today.
0: Thank you, Nadia. It's a, it's a great pleasure to be here, and uh, just to make a small correction, it was 89. <laughs> <Sorry>. no, <laughs> it was not 98, which by chance actually uh, tells mm-hmm. us that it is a 30-year anniversary for, for this study. And uh, this publication, which of course has meant a lot for me and for for many people uh, occurred and was produced in Gothenburg uh, during that uh, those years and um, I think when discussing this article I think one thing it's it's good actually to kind of go back to Gothenburg uh, during that era because we are now in Gothenburg uh, during the mid-80s mid-late 80s which was a very dynamic period for the, for the faculty of odontology in, in Gothenburg. We had a very strong period department with um, uh, Professor Jan Linde and Professor Sture Nyman. Uh, and also, we mustn't forget that this was also the era for the true breakthrough for dental implants with Professor Bronemark. Mm. So, um, uh, at that point of time, I can really say that uh, Gothenburg was really the center for for the world, actually, when it came to uh, implant training and implant Mm -hmm. research. And it was in this atmosphere that me, as a young student, uh, just graduating from dental school, Uh, I attended several courses uh, uh, and met uh, Sture Neumann because he was currently working with the concept of guided tissue regeneration around teeth. And I was really fascinated by this uh, technique and this biological principle. So I was doing my internship as a dentist, but then I... I couldn't really let go of that principle so I took the courage uh, to actually call Professor Nieman and said I think your principle is very interesting and I would like to know more about this and to discuss this and he said sure come, come on down to Gothenburg let's discuss this so that is eventually how it all started and I say and I also said, this must be more of a general principle mm-hmm. that is not applicable just for teeth. It it could, uh, what about bone healing and so on? And, and he said, I totally agree with you. Uh, I just don't have the time to do anything. So if you want to join this and explore this, absolutely. So, and we also, when we had this discussion said, we need we need deeper knowledge in, uh, in bone formation and bone healing. So we uh, also joined forces with Professor Anders Linde at the Department of Oral and Biochemistry, which knows a lot about mineralized tissues mm-hmm. and so on. So that was the early group. So the first papers were, were actually done in collaboration with Professor Niemann and also Anders Linde, which eventually became my tutor for my, my PhD thesis. Um, we did some first initial animal uh, experience, uh, which were done in, uh, in rat mandibles, where we actually could see that this uh, principle worked, which was of course uh, very exciting. Uh, and at the same time, I was also myself start, started to work at, uh, at the Bronemer Clinic mm-hmm. uh, as a young uh, dentist. And uh, uh, together with um, the chairman, Professor Ulf Lekholm and others, we, we definitely saw a need for bone formation around the implants. And so we started to discuss and see if this could be a possible way to do it. And uh, uh, we were struggling at that point of time when it came to membranes, uh, what type of membranes we should use. And this is actually also a little interesting story because we were scrutinizing the literature, looking for various types of of, uh, membranes. Uh, We were pretty much into that it should have a certain pore size, the membrane. It should be, if I remember correctly, 0.45 micron. Uh, And that was difficult to find. Uh, We also saw in the literature that EPTFE membranes had uh, quite an extensive medical uh, documentation being used in cardiac surgery and so on. So we really and it was also well-documented inert material, so we wanted to use that. problem was that we couldn't find the suitable pore size uh, uh, among the medical devices. But it happens actually that uh, the Gore company at that present stage um, had a collaboration uh, with NASA, actually. Uh, because they were producing uh, the wiring for all the electric cables in the the space shuttles. And that wiring, uh, this uh, insulation, had the exact correct pore size. Uh, So the initial studies that we did was actually done with insulation material for the space shuttles. Uh, uh, which was a beautiful material from a biological standpoint. It was actually too beautiful because it was became too much integrated in the tissue, which is another story to find uh, the right balance. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, eventually we designed a study uh, using uh, an animal model which was well used for all the implant research that was done in Gothenburg at that point of time just changing a, li- a little bit the placement of the implants so we had exposed areas of, with threads and then we, um, we built uh, some bone with this uh, technique with the, with the membranes. A very simple model uh, in the beginning but uh, it really had I would say an enormous impact mm-hmm. uh, uh, shortly after it was published. Yeah, and uh, I, rem- I can also, if I continue, I can remember it because I, this was one of my first international presentations. Uh, I had a short scientific report. Uh, I really had to give credit both to Professor Neumann and also to Professor Anders Linde, Uh, in particular, that really said that you need to go out in the world to present. Mm -hmm. This is how you learn. Uh, Skip the local uh, Swedish dental meeting. You should go out in the world. This is how you learn how to present research. And that has been a big help for me, Mm -hmm. I must say. So Mm -hmm. I remember going all by myself to Arnhem in Netherlands to present this at a huge oral surgery meeting uh, there I probably didn't sleep for three days prior to that everyone that has done this for the first time knows what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. but uh, the response was fantastic and uh, and, uh, it's a cliche but the rest is history I would say it it really started there and because of all this interest, we very soon uh, and the fact that you were also quick to be on an international arena, that, that I was very fortunate also to be able to uh, develop and build a successful international team. One, one example of that is that quite early after this publication, um, there, uh, I met up with uh, uh, Professor Danny Booser uh, and, and the late Robert Schenk here in, uh, in Bern and we also had uh, some uh, colleagues from the US um, and we had an extremely dynamic and successful col- collaboration for well over a decade where we made uh, a lot of I would say, also significant studies within this field. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. It's still an interesting journey 13, 30 it years is, later. It
1: is actually very thrilling to listen to you. Yeah. and it's, uh, yeah. I don't want to interrupt you, but yeah. um, just to maybe go back to the fact that you said you had the courage yeah. and you had these ideas and you strongly believed in these ideas. Yeah. This is, I think, really interesting. Did you then... <coughs> expect your results to have such an impact on the scientific no. world or was it really also did it come a bit of a surprise also to It you?
0: came as a bit of surprise and um, in that sense I would say that uh, my, my start or my research career is maybe a little bit different compared to, to many people because Uh, somewhere in the back of my mind I had an idea Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, thanks to these professors of course it was very much in line with their thoughts as well Um, but I really had a chance to let's say explore something that I had been thinking of myself Uh, usually when you are interested in research and you come to to a department uh, the professor or, or the supervisor will say, OK, we have this and this and this project ongoing. Would you like to join this and that? Mm-hmm. But this was something that we all together, I think, developed. And, and that was a fantastic journey.
1: So you yeah. were kind of the, the missing piece in the in the puzzle and you were lucky that they didn't <coughs> have the time to maybe yes. do this research themselves.
0: I, I so yes, I, I, I agree on that. I. Uh, and uh, so it's a question of a lot of i would say lucky uh, circumstances mm-hmm. that coincidence. and we had the the dynamic of a very strong uh, uh, dental faculty right. uh, and we had uh, we had a strong period department we had this enormous expansion uh, really the golden years of uh, of implants, uh, uh, coincidencing at the same time. And then this area fi- fit in so nicely in, in this puzzle. So, so I'm very humble that I was, yes, I was, uh, I was a person that was there at the right spot, at the right, at the time, right time, of course. Yes. And then, uh, then, of course, you, 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 you need to build on that. But uh, I must say that I have, throughout the most of my career, I, I've been mostly driven by curiosity. Uh, I've never been that strategic, to be honest, when it comes to uh, academic positions and so on. I just have been working. Uh, and, and then... The opportunities has arisen. <laughs> um, but it's not that, okay, I want to go there yeah. for that position. No, not like that. I, I, uh, and that is also something that I was taught by, by my early uh, supervisors, that be open-minded, you know, uh, not that, okay, now we should do this study, that study, that study. Let's do the first study, Let's see what kind of results we have. And okay, we did. We have those results. Okay, maybe we should go that way instead. Uh, I kind of have had that philosophy when it comes, and I still have mm-hmm. with, with research. I'm not that super locked. I, we build and develop on our our results. Yeah.
1: So that, that will lead me to the next question. You said in the beginning <coughs> that you were still quite young when you entered this I world was, of research. Yes. Um, and you were probably still very open-minded yes. and not biased No. but could you tell us that were there still obstacles or I know there have been predecessing um, publications, mm. did you encounter a lot of failures or did, or did, you ha- did the success <laughs> come as quickly as it seems to us when no. we listen to you now?
0: Yes, uh, of course I have had uh, 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 drawbacks. Uh, research-wise. I must say that we were very lucky with these first studies and Mm -hmm. the one that we are discussing today Mm -hmm. uh, because it really worked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But when we saw this and uh, and we thought, okay we built on the fact that uh, okay this is this seems to be a biological principle that works beautifully for bone healing and then we started to think okay could this, this must be other medical applications for this. So what about the uh, healing of long bones, for instance, you know, multiple fracture, non-union d- defects in orthopedics and so on. Um, and I spent, so we tried to see if we could find uh, uh, some evidence for that. So, uh, and I spent about a year uh, trying to develop a model for healing of long bones um, and that didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we eventually discovered that uh, there is a different biological uh, healing pattern for long bones compared to the bone that we have in the, in the maxillofacial area. Uh, you know, the difference between enchondral healing with brosque preformation which we have in the long bones and a more direct bone formation in the jaws for instance and uh, the membranes did just disturb this uh, mm-hmm. cartilage uh, formation in the long bones so yes i had about uh, a year which was didn't end up anywhere uh, another uh, area that we uh, where we discovered i, w- I wouldn't say obstacles um, but it was a huge debate and uh, and that was that when we presented this uh, people were very skeptical that we actually achieved new bone under the membranes Uh, people were talking about uh, 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 bone-like tissue and and, uh, things like that and that was really one of the tasks for my collaboration with, uh, with Danny uh, here in Bern and Professor Schenk uh, to really lead into evidence that uh, this newly formed bone uh, follows exactly the same pattern as no- normal bone formation. And we did loading studies with implants and so on just to prove that. So there was a little bit of dose of, ob- uh, let's say, scientific concerns in in, in the beginning. Uh, But that was very encouraging and refreshing I would say.
1: So it's also good to have or to receive some (laughs) criticism. Oh yes. But was it, if you look back now after this, as you Mm. said, 30 years, was it also good that you were such a strong group and you didn't have so much other groups maybe competing with you?
0: I believe that uh, competition is always always very good. You know, research is like that. Some group will explore this and then the next group find another piece of the puzzle and you build on that. Uh, I think... um, uh, And if we look at, in a a wider perspective, the the development of... uh, of guided bone regeneration, uh, we can say that yes, probably some of the more, let's say, basic principles and so on uh, was explored in, in Gothenburg by, by our group. But when it came to the, to the clinical development, the introduction of the, of the concept from, uh, to, to a clinical treatment modality, which eventually happened around I would say 1992, something like that. Uh, That work was initially done by by Danny here in in Bern. He did some some of the first clinical cases, but then really developing it into a routine clinical treatment method. Most of that work actually uh, uh, originated from Italy, from Mm -hmm. several groups in Italy. Uh, so it has truly been and, and are still uh, a very international collaboration on, on this.
1: So you had the general ideas and the preclinical studies yeah. and then it was taken further by other groups and, yes.
0: and yes.
1: taken into the clinic. Yes, yeah.
0: so, uh, so we, in that sense we have been collaborating yeah. uh, and again in... Uh, I would say early 90s, I would say Italy was almost my second home country. I okay. was there a lot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for, for various reasons, yes.
1: Yeah. Which is also really fruitful, it's not only the scientific no. world, but it's also I can also def-
0: I can definitely live with that. Your personal yeah. 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 life, yes. No, no I've I, been very fortunate uh, because of this journey, I, I have a truly global network mm-hmm. uh, and I still have yes
1: so it did not Im- all, all, only impact your career no the ideas you had and the open mindedness no. and, and the courage as you said no. but it also had a big influence on your whole personal life yeah, indeed. yeah. it
0: had, it certainly uh, had and has still has i uh, uh, it has given me the opportunity of course to to travel all over the world and, and meet friends and colleagues. I, I also have had opportunity together with my family to uh, at several occasions uh, spend time uh, abroad. I've been for a couple of periods in the US and I've been to other countries as well and which has been a great experience work-wise but also from a social standpoint and from a family standpoint some of the best periods in our life mm-hmm. when we have those, done this. So uh, I'm, I'm very humble i uh, I'm, I'm been very fortunate to have, to have this journey, uh, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So let me come back to the membrane that you yeah. had started yeah. um, Would you say today that the results of your study are still valued highly enough? If I think, you know, you were able to show these fantastic results with a (coughs) non-resorbable membrane and Mm. no autologous bone and no bone substitute. Today we have all these different membranes and we we Mm. use a a lot of bone substitutes. Mm. Do we really need that? If we look at your results, Mm. with Uh, even new bone formation on top of an implant?
0: Uh, It's... It's a very good question, and uh, when we started this, we, we were kind of purist, I would say. You know, we don't need anything. The membranes will we'll take care of mm-hmm. everything. But uh, I think we all discovered that uh, if we combine this with some kind of filling material under the membrane, we definitely saw synergistic effects. Mm -hmm. We we achieved a a more predictable result. So so for me, the answer is relatively easy that yes, it is the standard of care today Mm -hmm. to use a combination. Um, Then we saw, of course, the introduction of the the era with with the biodegradable membranes, uh, which is for obvious reasons, dominating the market uh, today, because it's significantly more user-friendly than the first generation of, uh, of uh, the non-resorbable membranes. I um, uh, You get a, a good clinical outcome with the biodegradable membranes, which are in me- most of the clinical situations absolutely good enough. You will never you never achieve that superb regeneration that you see under a non-resorbable membrane. And I I know that some people, some clinicians and myself included, we kind of miss that a little bit. And uh, uh, which means that I'm still doing research also in the actually in the field of the non-resorbable membranes because I I still believe for more advanced and difficult situations, mm-hmm. we, we, we need that. I, I, I see a world where, where, where we work with both types of membranes uh, for the future. Yeah.
1: So, Christer, time was running. Okay. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, to listen to your stories behind your key publication. Yeah. And I thank you very much for this it's interview. It's been a pleasure, Nadia. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much oral regeneration topic a podcast by the osteology foundation